<laughs> this is kind of a nice little uh, stop off in between your own headlining tour, run out here, play a show with some old friends, and and uh, System went out on, on their first tour with you. Yeah, we uh, we've known those guys for ages. We were both uh, supporting Slayer, and right. they were the first of three, and we were in the middle. Uh, we were that was the Elephant Riders, maybe around ninety seven, ninety eight, uh, thereabouts. And you know, shortly thereafter, they just blew up. And we've done show, a handful of shows with them since. Um, I think we did a gig with them in Paris uh, a few years back. You know, in a in a stadium. You know, it's fifteen twenty thousand people. So, it's good to see you know, folks from back in the day. You know, still doing it and doing it successfully. Yeah. What was what was your first impressions when you first heard them? Um, at first, I, I it stood out because it wasn't uh, it was unlike anything I've heard previously, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, and it was a bit of a learning curve um and i think that's that's a good thing for a band if you have a hard time describing it um and i have a hard time describing it you have to actually just hear it if you can say it's like this or that then uh maybe uh, the band isn't as unique but because it's so unique it's very difficult to describe yeah absolutely very unique but that's what you want in music just like you guys are unique in your way and I'm kind of bummed, though, like like we said earlier, a little stop off on the headline tour. I'm bummed Seven Dust didn't get to uh, come along for this excursion. Yeah. But some more old friends again, some neighbors kind of to you guys, too. Yeah, they well, they're, they're from Atlanta, and uh, they're, uh, both they and we were supporting Limp Bizkit uh, years ago. Yeah, uh, on Limp Bizkit's first record, and... Um, Seven Dust, I guess, is a lot like us in some ways. It's the same lineup after, you know, 25 plus years, yeah. and they have a very uh, diehard fan base, yeah. and uh, they, they they bring it every night, and they're, they're, they're good people. A lot of times a band can be great and be terrible people. Sometimes they can be a terrible band and be great people, but they have it both ways. They're a great band, and they're good people. And I imagine the older you get and the longer you've been doing this, that stuff matters more. Like, you want to go out with people that you know you're going to have a good time with, that's going to be drama-free, that's going to be easy to get along with on the road. I imagine that that almost, maybe not more, but, but if you're tipping the scales between, like, you know, the hot young thing or, like, someone you know you're going to get along with, it, it's kind of like that. Well, we were out with also right now with Tyler Bryan and The Shakedown, which I encourage everybody to listen to. They're a fantastic band. Um, you know, the, and everyone on this tour is drama-free as far as I know, which is nice. Because, <laughs> frankly, it, you know, pushed, we're, I'm 46. I don't have the energy for it. Right. You know, it's everything is about the show. And if anything interferes with that, then it has to go. Um, you know, earlier on you know in the 20s you have a lot of excess energy and sometimes it gets put into not so constructive things right uh but we we've uh, peeled that all away and try to make it as efficient and easy as possible speaking of the live show i imagine it, at, at this point it's hard 12 albums deep now to make a set list it is and you know we're we play 17 songs a night that leaves hundreds that we can't or haven't played uh and you can't please everybody you've got some folks that only want to hear things from, you know, when they were young because they want to relive right. that time. Right. We're not a time machine. Right. So we just do what we want to do. And people can come along for the ride or not. Uh, we take turns writing set lists. Uh, Tim wrote tonight's set list. So Dan will write tomorrow's. And that keeps it interesting for us. I think if we did the same thing every night, I would, I would lose my mind. <laughs> Let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, Book of Bad Decision, another killer album. Seems like to me maybe maybe a little bit more uh, 
from the onset going for some different sounds and a little bit more electronics, keyboards, and getting some different kind of sounds in, in the clutch in the clutch pantheon of sounds? Well, the past couple records have been free of that stuff for the most part. Um, but, we, you know, on Blast Tyrant, there was quite a bit of uh, keyboards on it, synthesizers. On Elephant Riders, we had some brass on that as well. So this has kind of brought it back. Um, Vance Powell, who produced it, is a, has his background in live uh, audio engineering, and I think that really shows. Um, he has, you know, primarily a country background. You know, he, he did Chris Stapleton's records, um, but he's also worked with Dead Weather. And uh, at the end of the day, a microphone doesn't give a damn what genre your music is. You know, it, you just got to know how to place it and what cabinet to use and how to mix it. And he knows how to do all those things. Was that... Was that the uh, the mission statement kind of going into the album to kind of mix up the sound a little bit, the soundscape a little bit? Yeah, we you know we're very proud of um, the last two records, but I think any artist always has that creative impulse to try to do something different just for the sake of doing something different. Right, right. It doesn't need to be justified, um, and you don't know unless you try. And we were very well rehearsed. Uh, into the studio, so it was more like cap- it was easier to capture more of a live vibe. We only wrote one song in the studio, and we did that just because we had an extra day. Mm. And um, uh, we've, I've, I've learned, we've all learned that writing songs in the studio is not a good idea. You got to write them and perform them on stage first to really figure out what the hell's going on. Really? Okay. Yeah. Good to know. That's the philosophy. And always, uh, the one thing I love about you guys, always kind of, uh, you know, working in some sense of humor that always shines through in your music, not taking it too seriously. I mean, there's yeah. certainly those bands out there, but that's one thing that there's always kind of that playfulness, that tongue in cheek and that have fun with your music. Well, I think it's just an extension of our personalities, you know, maybe particularly mine because I write the lyrics. Um, I like a good laugh and I think it's easier to, to be oneself. And that's just, I guess, my nature. Uh, I know there are bands who are very serious um, you know, materially, right. and that, that's all well and good, and I dig that. But I would, it, to me, that seems like a lot more work for me to kind of always put oneself in that headspace. But if you're right. just honest and it, the music is an extension of yourself, it's a lot easier. Just easy to be you. Yeah. Like we were joking around earlier, I'm I'm kind of surprised. Like you said, the band's been around almost 30 years now, and I hope that you guys are going to take some time and celebrate that some somehow, some way with that coming up um yeah you know i think collectively we're not really keen on nostalgia because we always i always kind of felt like that's kind of admitting that you're not looking forward to the future in some ways i'm sure maybe we'll do something we didn't do anything for the 25th anniversary um maybe we should do something for the 30th what that is i don't know um but it's uh it's hard to believe it's been that long it really is is there any secret to the longevity? I mean, same lineup too. I mean, that that never happens. Well, I, I think um, as time progressed, uh, we saw a lot of casualties along the way. Some by choice, some by not. Either you know, people bands broke up, or people left this earth, or people threw in the towel for whatever reason. And we realize now that what we have is very, very fragile, and we're very defensive about it, and we don't take it for granted. To be able to make a living in the creative arts is a rare uh, blessing. So we treat it with respect because we want to keep doing it. I mean, I know most of my musician friends have to do it as a hobby. Um, and we get to do this for a living and that's pretty awesome. And on your own terms, in your own way, in your own label. And- yeah, and that makes it, that was a, 
you know, a, a leap of faith for us because we're not businessmen by nature, but it really liberated us. Um, and now, if anything goes wrong, we know who to blame. Mm-hmm. It's you know, we we can't point the fingers at anybody's. We we've made mistakes, but you have to learn from those things. Right, and better to learn them on your own with your money. You, you know, you account for everything in that way. Yeah, and it's um, you know, usually you know the the relationship between a band and a label is very um, antagonistic for the most part and we did that game in the 90s so sometimes it's a bit schizophrenic for us to make decisions both as a label and as an artist but we fig- we figure it out in the end yeah because you don't always want the same thing yeah you know and I I remember when we were signed to labels I wanted our records to be like the packaging to be like a pop-up book mm-hmm. and we would always get you know pushback but now I understand you know these things cost a lot of money to make they're heavier it costs more money to ship more moving parts to go wrong so I you gotta be able to wear two hats at the same time. Yeah, look at it from all sides. Wanted to get your uh, uh, opinion on it because you mentioned it earlier. Like they, they said that first tour with System of a Down, mm. opening for Slayer. Yep. Them calling it a career now. Any any thoughts as we kind of say rest in peace to, to Slayer? Well, you know, who, who's to say that they're you know they're, they're Slayer? They can they can resurrect the undead. <laughs> you know. Um, they you can't overstate their influence on metal no um and for whatever re- you know i we, we I, when we toured with slayer i was prepared for the worst because of the reputation their fans right. had and it was actually the opposite it was really really easy um sure there were some nights where people didn't want to hear us but you know that's with any other band right um and it was a privilege to be able to do that and uh watch them play every night they're just beasts yeah does it make you ever think about it stop and think about it like if, to go that route because you I mean you're either going to do that and say this is a farewell tour or do the exact opposite and just kind of go away uh, I, I would never I would don't think we would ever do a farewell tour because I don't think it would last very long before we came <laughs> back and then people you know because sometimes it, you know, it's like Ozzy with no more tours. It's like, is, yeah, <laughs> no more tours too, which is pretty hilarious, actually. It, it is. Um, you know, it's, I think people who have the creative impulse, once they, sure, touring can be tough. You know, you miss home, you, you, you eat terribly. But when you go home, you start getting itchy feet. And I have a feeling that would happen to us as well. Yeah, because there hasn't been a band to really stick to it yet, has there? Yeah, you know, it's, it's it maybe sounds great in theory, but once you arrive there, you're probably pretty damn bored. Yeah, now even Motley Crue's talking about making music again, and they were uh, supposedly done and everything. Yeah. One last question for you. I'm kind of surprised with the longevity of the band and having your own label and kind of keeping everything insular that there hasn't been that... Uh, clutch brand extension whether it be a bourbon or a craft beer or oh we've done that but or okay yeah we um we did a collaboration with new belgium and we did a a dark sour ale uh and we we just didn't we didn't just throw our name on a beer we actually went to the brewery and researched it when i say research i mean drink a lot of beer um and we participated in the process you know dumping in the hops and all that so yeah it's a limited run I don't th- even if you found a bottle right now I don't know how good it would be because it'd be pretty pretty old um, but it's fun is that something that you'd like to do more of in the future uh, maybe um, you know it's if sure I mean if the opportunity presented itself I guess his short answer is yes 
Because it seems like a good revenue stream. I mean, it, it, it isn't. No. No, it isn't. So far. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess. I mean, if you're if you're talking lots and lots and lots of beer, sure, maybe. But these things are usually small runs. Um, then the smaller the run, the higher the cost. Um, it's more something just to do for the sake of fun. A little collector's item for the yeah. Or two. One last question for you. I like to play a little game. Okay. You mentioned earlier Slayer, part of the big four of thrash metal. Yep. You're a band from the 90s and moving from from the big four of the 80s, that being 80s thrash, and kind of looking at the 90s, I've kind of come up with this little game where I make you pick out of a list of bands, which I like to call the Flannel Five. Okay. So this is going to be all the 90s cats and the, the bigger ones from that, that era. Okay. I'm curious who your favorite would be off of this list and why. Okay. Nirvana, yeah. Pearl Jam, STP, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. Ooh. Um, I, I never saw Nirvana live. I actually was, they were on tour on their first record. I was going to go see them. They were opening up for an English band called Loop. And then I didn't go because I said, I'll go see them next time. And next time it was in RFK Stadium, and I you know, was, couldn't go. Uh, I did see Soundgarden on their um, uh, one of their very first tours in 1989. So I'm going to go with Soundgarden, and because they were the opening act for Voivod. Oh wow! And when they they finished pl- when Soundgarden finished playing, the the whole place was just leveled. And sadly for Voivod, which were a great band too, it, it was impossible to follow. One of yeah, it was just I, I felt really bad for him, <laughs> but um, that show and I remember just kind of being in awe of Cornell's voice, and it sucks that he's gone, and it sucks that so many of these guys from that scene are gone because the, the talent collectively is just astonishing. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at kcalfm.com. Adios.